This is Jam DeMatteis, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 226. And as always, you're with the High Priest of Conchu, Ray. G'day, g'day. And uh, significant that greeting to you because uh, joining me tonight uh, is a another fellow Australian, a huge Moon Knight fan. Uh, and it's uh, it's Andrew, Andrew Shaw. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me to talk about my favourite comic book character. Oh, I, I can't wait to rip into these uh, these episodes ahead. Now, Andrew is joining us for an idle chat at this episode at the top of the week, of course, uh, and we'll be looking at Moon Knight's fighting skill. Now, Andrew, I got, I got a bit of, uh, I guess, positive uh, feedback and input from the loonies in our community. So, I don't know, it seems like people are interested in this. Uh, it's always a bit of fun to kind of mm-hmm. weigh your favorite against others uh but we'll get into that uh it'll be a discussion describing moon Knight's fighting skills compared to other marvel characters uh so not necessarily a one-on-one versus but just where mooney f- fits in that kind of sliding scale of you know um hand-to-hand combat I- i'm i'm kind of more interested in like you know do away with the, the powers and all that so cool. uh we'll get into that of course now uh before anything our fantastic sponsors, a big shout-out to our gracious Patrunis, listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of the episodes. Uh, a little bit later, I'll give you the details to check out our Patreon page. A big welcome to our latest, uh, latest, latest, our latest Patruni, uh, Michael Siebert, who's on our Frenchie tier. So a big wel- welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for contributing and uh, throwing some coin our way. So a big thanks, as always, to Daniel Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. Thanks, every one of you. Uh, of course, A Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero, and our two other custodian sponsors, Hello Headphones, Empowering Gamers to Play at Their Best, and Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Now, Andrew, before we get into it, I mean, I just want to... Um, I think it'd be really cool if you um, let the loonies out there, those listeners, uh, know, I guess, your affiliation with Moon Knight, but also your connection with comics, i.e. comic book writing, things mm-hmm. that you may have done, <coughs> have in the wings. Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. Yeah, well, I, um, uh, I've i been a comic fan most of my life and grew up, uh, we had a little newsagent um which you know the Australians would know what a news agency was, but mm-hmm. it's like a like a almost like a drugstore, but it's more for just like magazines and playing cards and to play the lotto over yeah. here. <laughs> um, and there was just this tiny little rack of comics, and that was where I first started reading comics out of there. And I think the first comic I ever bought was um, Spider Man twenty ninety nine number three, Ooh. which I I only picked up probably a couple of years ago, and funnily enough, knew remembered pretty much every word of the issue because I reckon I read it cover wow. to cover a thousand times as a kid. Um, but I didn't come across Moon Knight until uh, like a lot later down the track when I 
I was old enough and had enough disposable income for myself to be able to buy comics again. And yeah. um, and I think we talked about it a little bit when we did Werewolf by Night. And it was my first issue of Moonlight was number 20 in the uh, the modern run that started with the uh, – I can never remember the guy's name. Um, uh, um, uh, that was Mike Benson, was the, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was the, yeah, Benson. That's right. It was uh, Deodato Jr. on art. Mm. And it was – I like werewolves. Werewolves are my favorite monster. And I saw the cover <laughs> and I went – it's a cool-looking superhero, and there's a yeah. werewolf involved. Let's do it. And so that was it. And it it happened to have the reprint of the first appearance in it at the back too. Right. And so, and from then on, I was sold. I was. I went and I tracked down as many issues of Moon Knight as I could find after that. And and it was around that time too. Like we were t- saying, um, I started to get into writing comics as well. And I've written a few, uh, mostly for anthologies, for mm-hmm. um, certain anthologies. Like there was one we did that was called um, "This Nightmare Kills Fascists." which uh, was around the political time when uh, Trump was looking like he was going to be taking over as the president and a few of my friends in America decided to put a anthology together and we threw one that. And I, I look in the talent in that, like it's got people like Christopher Sabella and uh, Matt Minor oh, wow. and all, all these other people. And it, I then I see my story in there and I go, I don't know if I'm worthy to be in this oh, book with this bunch no, of people. Like yeah, it was of course, just, why it not? Was, Imposter syndrome at its best. <laughs> um, but I, I put out um, uh, an anthology with a friend of mine called Will Playden who lives in country New South Wales. And um, we put an anthology together called Cul-de-Sac, which is – I'm a big horror fan as well. I love mm. my horror movies and my horror comics. And, you know, I, I don't read a lot of Japanese comics, but I will read anything that Junji Ito puts out, which I've heard, is yeah. – oh, Everyone everyone lords him and say that he's he's just the master of it. Yeah, I've got to yeah. read some. Yeah. Oh, he makes the mundane terrifying. Wow. Like there's stuff in his books that you just go, I, I, but this is also a man who writes a comic about his cats, mm. which is not a horror story. It's just about how much he loves his cats. So it's like wow. such a very big difference. <laughs> um, but we put together a book called Cul-de-Sac. It's um, set in the 50s in Australia. It goes from house to house in a little gated community and it sort of plays on the idea of you don't know what your neighbours are doing behind closed doors. And mm. um, you were gracious enough to buy a copy off me. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it, um, it, which was re- I do really appreciate and thank you. And it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And all the art in it is hand-painted. So Will took yeah. three years to hand-paint the art. And it was it was worth it, though, by the end of it. Like, it was, it's a gorgeous book. It came out so well and we're so proud of it. Yeah, I tell you, it, it shows like three three years worth of um of art. It's it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, horror, um for sure. I mean, like having followed you recently on Twitter as well, I see a few tweets about. Or, or actually on Facebook, I can't remember one of them where uh you you kind of post about horror movies and mm-hmm. should I see this and so yeah, I've kind of gauged that. And yes, I uh, listeners, I did pick up a copy of Cul de Sac from you, Andrew, as well. And uh, look, I don't read that many horror comics, but it's like, whoa, my <laughs> God. I didn't really, I, I absolutely had nothing. I had no idea what to expect. Um, and and uh, it was good. I, I guess, you know, uh, after just flicking through it, reminded that it was an anthology. But there are these like little vignettes of these stories that just really whack it. Can I ask, uh, all of them are like really mind boggling. Can I ask that, that one, the second one with the bat? Mm-hmm. By any chance, was that influenced by maybe a dream you had? It just seems like it was It was so kind of surreal that um, it must have been something that I thought maybe you had a dream or a nightmare of and thought, okay, I've got to write this as a story. It um, uh, Not so much a dream. It was more you know. just a, like when, I was, when we were writing the book or when I was writing the book and Will and I were bouncing ideas of each other, I was working night shift at mm-hmm. the same time. And so we sort of 
he'd be up drawing at two o'clock in the morning and I'd be at work at two o'clock in the morning and we'd be sitting there bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. And it was sort of this thing where he, he sort of mentioned that he, he, he was more like it was, you know, we talked about the play on your neighbours, you don't know what they're doing. And it yeah. was, what if we talk about a little kid? Like he said, you know, as a kid, you're so curious yeah. and you, you know, you might go stick your head, oh, look what are your neighbours doing, you know, something's going on out there. And it's literally yeah. that the, the neighbours catch him staring and they come after him. Mm-hmm. And it just it rolled from there, and then yeah. I originally had it as lizard people. Okay, um, but Will had already had just drawn a book with lizards in it, and he goes, "I've always wanted to draw a bat person ever since people like Morbius and Baron Blood and things like mm-hmm. that." And yeah. and so and Man Bat as the other one, and then so he's like, "Let's just do it. Let's do a bat story instead." And it was, you know, so a lot of the the ideas were collaborative, where I would start with an idea. I'd throw it over to Will. He would say, well, what about this, this, and this? And we'd bounce the ideas back and forth. And so yep. it sort of came from there. And then a lot of it, you know, you've got like the back of the book with the Lunar Park picture as well was something we yeah. we looked at like a post-nuclear apocalypse world. And, mm-hmm. you know, we thought of the ideas of what's iconic with Melbourne and New South Wales because mm-hmm. we've got a Lunar Park. There's a yes. Lunar Park in Sydney and it's that uh, big um- mouth. Yes, and sorry for for US and and overseas listeners. It's just like an iconic like amusement park. Um, yeah, Coney Island. I guess I'm I'm really just reaching here, but yeah, yeah. Coney Island's probably the best one because it's been around for hundreds of years, or like, yep. you know, at least a hundred years. It's you know, like even the one in Melbourne has a um a roller coaster that is so rickety and old <laughs> that you sort of get on and you go. I don't know yeah. if this is safe. <laughs> this is this is where the thrill comes in. You know? <laughs> is it going to hold up? <laughs> it's not a crazy ride where you do loops and everything, but it's more, are we going to go around a corner and we're going to fly off into the beach? This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's great. I, I mean, I only asked that. It's just because it just really threw me that particular story, and all of the stories are great listeners as well, but just the fact the ending with the little kid, I just thought mm-hmm. that was just, my God, like uh, I can imagine like little Ray when I was young having like a dream like that and that being mm-hmm. the most terrifying thing. Like, because the yep. ending, it's not happy. Let's just say that, listeners. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like the most kind of terrifying thing as a little kid. Uh, but there are uh, plenty of fantastic stories in there, uh, Andrew, as well. And I urge, uh, so is this, I mean, we'll put all this in the show notes. Uh, would it, would it still be available, uh, digital or otherwise if others want to pick it up? Definitely. It's on Comixology. Yep um as digital but um we also have i have uh several boxes still full of uh of the print issues so um best way if you want to buy one is to just hit me up on Mm -hmm. twitter or instagram or something and let me know and i can get it out to you from we sort of we had an etsy store at one point but it was it was costing us to send stuff out like the the fees on top of what we were and what we we were already charging Yep. And sh- as you would know too, because you would, I'm assuming you buy stuff from states and things like that. Shipping is ridiculous. Yeah, it it's is just, r- it's so stu- unfair. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. We at one point we were looking at the books. A print copy is fifteen dollars, and at one point I had a couple of people from America wanting to buy it. And we were looking at paying thirty dollars just to ship it. Mm. So people were paying forty five dollars for a book that's fifteen dollars. Like yeah. it was just insane. It's not, and it's not fair. And so it's sort of. A few times I had some friends doing conventions over there, so I said to them, if anybody wants a copy, let me know. Everyone chip yeah. in five bucks for shipping, and I sent a box mm. of them over. Like it was, you know, that, in a good a, a deal like that. Yeah, that, that's a good way. I mean, like there are a couple of uh, Kickstarters that I like to support, and they're, they're of uh, overseas artists. And mm-hmm. and it always, oh, it always frustrates me because uh, I'd like to get, you know, the more premium uh, tiers, like where you yeah. kind of get the hard covers and stuff, but I can't because I'm paying like almost twice as much 
in shipping than the actual product itself. So I, I actually end up having to get like a modest one, like, mm-hmm. you know, just a soft back or something. Um, but it will cost me an extra 30, 40, <laughs> 30, 40 yeah. bucks or something. It's like, yeah, oh, it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm Looney's you're listening to two Aussies here. So, you know, this, this is right up our goats. So, <laughs> you know, not only that, Andrew, we don't even have, I, I always, ha- I always say it on the show as well. We don't even have those bargain bins, the $2 no. bins in comic book stores where people pick up. Like I've heard loonies like just, Oh yeah, I want a waltzed in and I picked up, I picked up like half the, the whole run of Mark Spector Moon Knight. Oh yeah. Cause that was like a quarter each. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. It's like seven, I think eight I paid bucks three bucks an issue for those. Oh well, okay, well yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> even that. So, but even uh, some of those issues, you go three bucks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tail end, they're all where the XE ones are, but there yeah. you're kind of wondering. Well, uh, why? <laughs> anyway. You're not buying them for the uh, for the storyline by that no, point. <laughs> no, no. Although you know, I've got to say, we we did have I, I all name drop. We did have Terry Kavanagh on, so mm-hmm. I, I've got to you know uh, props to him. He's yeah, a yeah. great writer. He's a, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's. I mean, let's let's kind of crack into it. There's a little bit of uh, Moon Knight news. Uh, just briefly, and this is kind of rumored. I think it's on the Ronin website. So apologies. I don't know how reputable that is. Um, but it has mentioned that, uh, in the, in the article that we potentially will see Sharon Carter in the Moon Knight Ooh. TV series, which is pretty cool. And there's a French actor, Loic Mabanza. Uh, he's been spotted in and around the set. So whether or not he has a, a big role, a little role, or any role at all is a mm-hmm. bit of speculation. Um, but I don't know. Uh, looking at, I mean, there's a visual of him in the prom sheet there, Andrew. Any uh, any things to kind of wet the whistle there as to who he might be? Or mm, Yeah, it depends on, I guess, who they're, if he's going to play a villain or a hero or if he's going to be just somebody like he could be, you know, if he's a French actor, he may be Frenchy. You just, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, or he could be Bushman. You know, I mean, yep. you just don't know. Like he is, he is a um, uh, a African Frenchman. You yep. know, so he could he could be he could be Bushman in there. You know, you just don't know. And yep. you know, that's the the best part of this sort of thing is that you speculate speculate until he pops up in the on screen. So yeah, you know, it, it just makes me even bit more even more excited to see uh, MK on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, any um, I get any issues or any um shortcomings you'd think with having him as as Frenchy. I mean that you know is not unseen in a lot of Disney Plus or MCU stuff where characters are you know changed a little. Um mm. but would you I mean would you like to see the more traditional Frenchy or would you be happy if he was like Frenchy? Oh no problem. I think the best actor for the job. So yeah. if if you know if he's already it, it's it would be better than say like I know Ethan Hawke is going to be in the show. It would be better than Ethan Hawke showing up as Frenchie, putting on a French accent, and yeah. you know having the oh, 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 oh sort of French accent going on. Where you get a guy who's already got a French accent. Well, why would you? Yeah. Why would you muck around? Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, you, you know, they say you know to, to promote uh, to promote diversity and all that. And and um, I was speaking to some loonies as well. They're saying, well, you know, the Moon Knight cast is quite diverse as it is, um, but. Regardless of that, I wouldn't mind if even if they. There's no reason why Frenchy, apart from being French, mm. has to be any any particular kind of appearance. You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it's absolutely fine. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. Um, this is on coupled with. I'm not sure if you heard Andrew as well. Uh, they were looking for someone. There was casting news for a French person. 
uh, but to take on a bit more of a comedic role. And, and that kind of drew a lot of red flags for Looney's thinking, oh, gosh, are they turning Frenchie into the, the comic relief? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about that. Personally, I was like, like oh, that's a bit of a, a, bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. But uh, it depends. I mean, you know, it depends on how willing you are to, to let your beloved characters uh, change for the small screen. I guess it's a bit of a chop and change. Um, Sharon Carter there as well. Had you watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and and have you seen Sharon Carter, I guess, in the, in the movies as well? Yeah, um, we've, yep. we've only seen, I think, the first three episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, so or whatever, whenever the episode that she shows up in, I think it was three, might be three or four, but I can't remember okay. where. But we've done... Scarlet Witch, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, One Division, and we've finished Loki as well. And um, oh, okay. but what what makes me happy, you know, what makes me excited about that as well is that they're not just going to have him as a standalone, you know, his Moon Knight show, but he's away from everybody else. If Sharon Carter's showing up, that means mm. they're embracing him and they're bringing him into the MCU, and it, that makes me yeah. happy. Like if, you know, this is a character that we've, you know, there was a, a mention of him in a, in the Blade TV show all those years ago, yes. and that's it. <laughs> and for us Moon Knight fans, like it's. You know, and he's had so many times, so many books that have had short shrift because of, you know, various reasons. Yeah. And so to see him, to actually get his own TV show, like it was, <sighs> I mean, I, I do remember we were in America when they announced that they were doing it at the <sighs> D23. We were at Disneyland at the time, actually. Wow. Really? And, okay. Um, so we're yeah. sitting there like, and I, I've got friends who know I'm a big Moon Knight fan. So my phone just started yeah. going bananas. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm looking at, <laughs> oh, it's like they waited for me to get to Disneyland to announce it at the Disney convention. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That, that, yeah, that's cool. I, um, yeah, I, I've asked other people on the show as well. It's almost like, you know, where were you when the announcement was made? Because it was such a big moment. And, and uh, I think many of them can recall. I mean, I remember as well, just, you know, just quickly, because the loonies have heard this before, but I was just walking and uh, a couple of the loonies were just texting me madly. And it was about, I think over in Australia, it was about, I don't know, mid-morning to maybe mm-hmm. um, towards midday. And uh, one of, uh, Tommy, one of our... Um, original loony listeners he, he texted me he goes ray did you hear the news i'm going no no what because i was walking around the shopping center you know yeah. just like oh no they've announced moon Knight at d23 and it was like new year's eve seriously it was like <laughs> yep. oh that elation and it was like yep. uh, so i just spent the next i don't know four or five hours just scrolling on the internet just trying to get some sort of information <laughs> yeah. it was oh it was fantastic but yeah um well i'm not going to spoil anything with sharon carter then mm-hmm. uh but needless to say exactly as you mentioned i think it's great that they are embracing it because moon knight can be seen as i mean e- even in the comics he's always on a little bit of the outer he's always a mm-hmm. little bit on his own whether that's him or whether it's through circumstance so uh it is kind of nice to see uh, I was excited to see Sharon Carter part of it. She's kind of, uh, shall I say, not like big enough. She's not like Captain America or something mm, to, yeah, to think, yeah. but she's got that nice little, nice little thread to the to the universe, and it makes sense as well. So, I mean, if you've seen uh, three episodes of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's more of that kind of, um, I don't know what do you call it, secret agents kind of thing, and more yeah, like, uh, yeah. CIA stuff, which um, which they were speculating in the article. Sharon's ties to the CIA. We know Mark Spector worked in the CIA at mm-hmm. some point as well, so uh, that all makes sense. Um, so pretty cool indeed. Anyway, nothing confirmed as always because Disney Plus never announce anything. No, <laughs> like, no. we on- we only got Oscar Isaac officially announced, like when everyone kind of knew it already. So yeah, uh, it was <laughs> worst uh, kept secret in Hollywood. Exactly. So <laughs> we'll just have to just have to stay tuned there. 
This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. Forcing us to record these reviews as a podcast called The Tomb of Ideas. If you can hear this, please... Contact our families. Call the authorities. Anyone. Tell them we can be found at... Now, now, boys. Let's not give too much away. You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday at the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. A proud member of the Cinepunks podcast group. See you there, Tomb Believers! (laughs) Hey everyone, this is Phil. And Lilith. Of the Capes and Lunatics podcast. You're listening to Into the Night. The! The! Moon Knight podcast. Right, loonies, well, let's get into, um, and Andrews, well, let's get into this Moon Knight's fighting skills versus others. I'm very keen to, to hear what you have to say. Um, I know, as an overview then, I'll, I'll throw it to you then. Um, Moon Knight's fighting skills, uh, what do you understand Moon Knight to be like, and, and who would you compare him to? Well, you, you know, having read, you know, as you would have yourself read pretty much everything that Moon Knight's been in, the... Um, you know, you know he's a mercenary. You know he was trained with the CIA, so you know he's going to have a decent level of hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. And but it always, when when I saw that this was, you know, what a thing we we're going to talk about, it reminds me of in the Charlie Houston run when he fights Taskmaster in the first two issues, and he talks. Taskmaster says, you know, I don't like copying your fighting style because you've mm-hmm. never seen a punch you wouldn't take rather than dodge it. Like he'd, yeah. he'd rather get hit by a punch and roll with it rather than dodging a punch or you know, say someone like Daredevil or Black Panther would be able to block and deflect. Whereas Moon Knight takes the hit and keeps going, and it, you know, they show him as a boxer in there as well, and they show yeah. him, you know, he's so his hand-to-hand skills. He's obviously he he can use nunchucks, he can use uh, bow staff, he can use uh, Cali sticks, is what I used to call them when we, I did martial arts with him. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, you know, little hand the, the truncheons. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's them. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, he's got throwing stars. Like he's without, but even without the weapons, he seems to be of you know an up there. With you know, not you're looking with the street level sort of heroes. So you're talking like you know, you're like a Shang Chi or a, a, a Punisher or someone or Daredevil, people like that. It's mm-hmm. he he's up there. I wouldn't say he's one of the best ones because it sounds like he, you know, and you when you when you've read a lot of Moon Knight, he he gets his butt kicked a fair yeah. bit as well. He does. So he, and sometimes when you don't, sometimes when you don't expect it as well. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't say he's one of the elite ones, but he's definitely mm. up there, and he definitely can hold his own against a lot of heroes. Or a lot yeah. of, sorry, a lot of villains, yeah. Yeah, uh, heroes or villains, um, mm. let, let's face it. Um, well, I mean, exactly as you say, look, I've ripped off some of these things from the Marvel fandom thing. Um, so what gets me, as you're saying, he's a heavyweight boxer. So he's a pretty big fella, but mm. he's also, as it states in the official Marvel <laughs> um, wiki entry, he is an Olympic-level athlete and skilled acrobat and gymnast. So that's... Pretty uh, 
you know, if you imagine, if he's a heavyweight, so if you imagine someone like Muhammad Ali <laughs> being able to, you know, to fly and flip, and that's pretty damn impressive, you know? Yeah, I don't picture Mike Tyson doing backflips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Mike Tyson or Lennox Lewis. Um, yeah. But but also added to the fact though he may be able to do that but he may not be the quickest you know what I mean mm. so if you compare him to like obviously Daredevil or you know Spider Man he wouldn't he wouldn't be that kind of quick um, and yeah he is he's got all that backing what have I got here um, as you said former heavyweight boxer uh, yeah he he was. I think he was uh, discharged in the Marines, uh, CIA, that sort of stuff, was a merc. He's got all their hand-to-hand, um, abil- hand-to-hand combat abilities, skilled in various martial arts, um, unlike another guy who we try not to mention. We only get to mention once in this in, in the, this show, Batman, before I start bleeping it out, <laughs> who apparently, uh, knows all- <laughs> apparently knows all the martial arts or something. I don't know. But oh, Moon Knight... Yeah, every single oh, one. Yeah. I know. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so Moon Knight's got at least boxing, judo... Do you do you know these ones? Krav Maga? Krav Maga? Yeah, Krav Maga is a... Um, I think it's a Israeli. Okay. And it's... From what I know of it, it's a lot of um, you hit the soft spots. So you're looking at eyes, throat, groin, Ooh. sort of. Wow. It's a bit, it's nasty. Yeah, it's some really wow. it's a really good um self defense one because it's more nice. like your attacker. So you hit uh like in you know poke the eyes, hit the throat, strike the wow. groin, and you you, you yeah. can get away sort of thing. Like it's a yeah, it's it's a mean one. Actually, I'm I'm so glad that actually you are you are on the show because yeah, you do have that fighting background knowledge, right? Um, the Brazilian yeah, I've did. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah, I've got jiu-jitsu. a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've got a um, a green belt, this is, but this is from many years ago, of in um, Japanese jiu-jitsu as well, which is okay. a lot of throws and locks and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's it's a hobby and it's, as I get a little bit older, it's a bit harder to do because you don't recover <laughs> as well as you used to in your 20s. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I love it. And I, I like, I just like the idea of martial arts. I like to learn yeah. about them, as not, not even study them, but more like know of them as well. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I mean, well, you know that, that Crab Magala sounds, sounds pretty good. The other one's Silet, Dumbe, Savata. I know Savata is uh, the kicking, isn't That's it? Batrock. Yeah, Batrock the yeah, Leaper. Batrock. Yeah, yeah, Batrock. Yeah. Uh, a Screamer, I've never heard of that. Karate, Mutai, and Kung Fu. So, like, he's not masters of these. So, again, if you if you compare him to, say, Shang-Chi or, or Iron Fist, yeah, he's not a master of Kung Fu. He, mm. he knows them, Moon Knight here. Uh, now, the other comparison... Which is interesting. You mentioned um, you mentioned in Punisher. Uh, I, I find them a very similar like ground. Mm. You know, Punisher's not. I don't. I wouldn't call him a a fantastic kind of fighter, but he he's got the military back training yeah. and all that. He's got the ruthlessness and he's got the pain resistance, similar to Moon Knight. He apparently his yep. pain threshold is very high um, <laughs> for a human being. Same like Moon Knight as well. Now again, you got you got to argue the fact of. You know, I'd rather take a punch than defend it. Arguably, is that a smart thing to do? But you know, <laughs> yeah, um, it's that's how you get that's how you build up the CTE. That's how you get that concussion. Uh, yeah, well, the concussion um, dementia by the end of your oh, career God. by then. Oh, you God, know, like yeah. it's yeah, that's the um, the punch drunk is a lot of the old ah, boxers get. Is, right. You know, they, they you lose a bit after a while. Like, yeah, yeah I, I'd rather I'd rather move out of the way of a punch than take one. That's that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Especially when you only have like a like a hoodie and a and a mask in front of you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, and and apparently, I think the big one. I mean, we're talking hand to hand combat, but um, apparently, Moon Knight's got he's a weapons master. So he's adept. It says with nearly every weapon ever invented. So that's pretty impressive. Um, it's a and lot of weapons. 
It is a lot of weapons. And he's, <laughs> you know, give him a bagpipe. You know, what's he like? Yeah. I could, I could, you know, this I'll is take a your part with this butter knife. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and interestingly enough as well, I mean, I don't know if we put him in the level with Hawkeye or Bullseye, but he's a master marksman. Uh, it was noted here as well, Andrew, though, and you may recall in the Warren Ellis run, he did slice a bullet in half with a crescent dart. So that's got to be pretty impressive that's, right yeah I, bet, you, bet you can't do it twice though <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah yeah it's, it's probably a, a huge fluke yeah. um i reckon you could just see like i could picture him you know he throws it splits the bullet and, you, and everyone just sort of goes and he even moon Knight stops and goes whoa <laughs> God, holy <laughs> shit that, that was good oh man pretend like you meant it yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretend like no, you I meant, meant it yeah. yeah i meant that man what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly um yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's up there. And what I've also included in this prompt sheet as well, Andy, you've probably seen uh, they've got all these power levels and stuff. So, look, you know, if we're going to be total geek, we might as well go full, full ball. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so, uh, Moon Knight has got his fighting skills, and I'm only really interested in the fighting skill. Uh, he's got level four. Okay, fair enough. Four out of, I think, seven is the, the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you've got Moon Knight on four. You've got Daredevil on five, which is very interesting because I would have put him up around six or seven, uh, you know, Daredevil, like trained by by stick, you know, yeah. and, and the hand, the ninja, he's pretty up. I reckon he's up there. Like um, we'll get to some uh, loony feedback, but people were saying, yeah, I reckon Moon Knight and Daredevil are on. I, I think Daredevil's probably a bit in a league above. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because Moon Knight for me is very much similar to the Punisher. And interestingly enough here, the Punisher, the fighting skill, he's got a six in this, in this rating, which mm. I don't agree with. I would, I would put him down up there with four. Uh, there's no way he's got better skills than Daredevil, but, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he can, he, obviously he can take a punch. Um, but I don't think his skills, the accuracy, that sort of stuff. Uh, Shang-Chi, seven, which is understandable. Uh, look, I've got Black Widow, six, which I think is, is pretty fair. Yeah. Um, and now I threw in this other one, and I got some responses for this. I really only meant it to be like an example, because uh, I was trying to find, I was trying to get away from your, your typical Iron Fist, Daredevil, Punisher, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Captain America. So I just threw out the name Cyclops because you know he's known for his optic blasts, right? Um, but really, how good is he hand to hand? Because mm-hmm. you know you take away that, uh, he got a, a rating of four. So I reckon they're probably on par, but I think the toughness for Moon Knight will probably win out. You know, him yeah, I think so. Just being a crazy, you know, <laughs> never say die guy. I That's think, it. I think he would edge out Cyclops. Is there, are there any other characters, any other random ones you're thinking of? Um, you can think of Andrew that would would put up a good show against Moon Knight when it came hand to hand. Um. Well, I mean, like, there's people like you know. Got like your Night Thrasher who has his yeah. uh, his truncheons yeah. as well, you know, similar sort of thing. But he also fights with a skateboard, so he's you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know he's going to be he's going to be pretty good though. So yeah, yeah. I, I reckon Mooney could take him. Let's just, <laughs> let's yeah, just say. true. Um, you know, like there's Black Panther. We all know that he uh, is just a you know yeah. a ridiculous martial artist, and yep. you know, but he also has the suit which he's seems to do suit. everything for him anyway. You know, Absorbed whereas Mooney's just a normal suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, true. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of who else. Um, I mean, I mean, while you think as well, I mean, you mentioned Taskmaster. There are also these other blips in history in Moon Knight canon. Like he, Moon Knight's beaten Deadpool. You'd mm. not think that he could beat Deadpool, right? He's a pretty. Yeah. I'd I'd rate Deadpool up there. You know. Um, yeah, for sure. He would 
have to be up there with maybe Wolverine. Um, mm. But Moon Knight beats him in in the in the uh, Horrets run. So uh, that's mm. you know you know what? Do you- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, could- no. Yeah, well, there's people like um, Batroc, the Leaper as well. Who's, yeah, Batroc, I you know, thought would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an interesting one because it's you know it's martial arts and it's his savat mm-hmm. kicks and things like that. And it's you know, but then it's also when you read a lot of Batroc as well, he's a bit more uh, like he's a bit prettier, if that makes sense. Like his yeah. style it seems to be he'd rather yeah, yeah, kick I, you in the back and mean. run off rather than take you one on one. And you know, yes. If he's fighting someone like Moon Knight who's going to take his kicks and keep coming, he's going to be a bit more, oh, okay, I don't know if I want to fight this dude. I'm going to get out of here, yeah. you know, well, that sort yeah, of thing. This dude that's got like cestuses on his on his <laughs> knuckles and has <laughs> a, you know, proclivity to, to rip faces off, <laughs> I think yeah, uh, yeah. you're nah. kind of working on a different level. Yeah, I, um, uh, I was thinking like Karnak as well, mm-hmm. but Karnak would – He's got that kind of thing, right, where he knows the weak points, and so yeah, that, that could it's probably more of a power than anything, and that's just sort of that would you negate, know, yeah, any fighting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's you know that's one of those ones where he'll hit you right in the right spot, and your uh, your knee will explode, and you won't be able to fight anyway. So <laughs> he doesn't right. want to kill you, and if he wants to kill you, he'd hit you in the neck, and you yeah, exactly. right you're, you know, you um, your heart in your neck explodes, and you're dead. So yeah. Well, I mean, interesting point as well. It did say in the in the wiki thing. I didn't put it down here, but um, apparently, yeah, Moon Knight knows all those pressure points as well, so he can do all mm-hmm. that kind of special stuff. Um, yeah, look, the other things I can think of, uh, maybe Hawkeye as well. He, mm-hmm. he can, probably can fight well. Uh, some people. I mean, let, let's maybe let's go to to. There's a bit of feedback here. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew, so maybe we'll go through, see what uh, the loonies think as well, and maybe they throw out a couple of names uh, to us. So do you want to, uh, if you've got the prompt sheet up, would you mind, mm-hmm. l- let's just alternate between who, you know, some posts, right? Yeah. Um, so I'll kick off because it's nice and short. Uh, so from my Facebook group, Phil, uh, Drop King Phil, he says, I think Daredevil could take him. Uh, yeah, I think we've discussed that. I think he's... Yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. I think it's like, I mean, you put Daredevil up with Elektra. Like, Elektra's meant to be like a master yeah. assassin as well. There's no way that I don't think Moon Knight can beat beat her. No, um, exactly. And as we know, Daredevil can take an ass kick in as well. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give as much, yeah. yeah. Um, next one was David Finn. Or I, thought, I saw that for David Finch, and I was like, oh, here we go. Okay, it's David <laughs> Finn. <laughs> um, uh, I think MK could out hustle Cyclops in a fight, put him down like the whiny bitch he is. We, yes. Cap would be a lot tougher. Black Widow, that would be interesting. I say that's a fifty-fifty fight. MK would need to dig deep. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Black Widow would be a real tough one. I think people underestimate her most of the time too. Oh yeah, I, I think so too. I think she's a. I mean, and you see that in. Well, they built it up in the MCU now as well, but in the comics, she's always been like this deadly kind mm. of character so yeah I, I would not underestimate her um yeah dave you say cap would be a lot tougher I, I reckon caps again probably leaps and bounds ahead of moon knight there i think you could probably lay him out if you wanted to uh he's got the acrobatic gymnastic skills of moon knight uh he's also peak human uh, mm-hmm. and uh and uh regardless of how tough moon knight is i think you'd because i like, didn't cap just Cap beat the hell out of the Punisher as well. So yeah, in you know. Civil War, after yeah. um, he put he killed two guys. I can't remember who they were, but yeah, and then he just he kicked the ever living you know what out of him. So yeah, so that's yep. I think I think that's a no brainer. Uh, Kyle, 
Kyle Carr says, personally, I'd look to Daredevil. I think that fight would be far more even than some people are willing to admit. Both have boxing, that's true, and martial arts in their repertoire. Both have proficiency in staff, nunchucks, and truncheons. And both can take sheer hell before going down. Yeah, so there are a lot of parallels between these these two. Um, It is a little bit unfair. Daredevil's got the the heightened senses um mm-hmm. regardless he, he hasn't got super strength or super speed but he's he is agile to the point of i think one of the stanley powers is he's got you know in the in the official marvel handbook for daredevil he's got this um they can't explain it this um attuneness with balance that no other humans can have or something so it would explain it yeah 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 so he he's he's got a few uh advantages there but right rightly so Kyle. i mean i reckon they are kind of they're they're pretty much cut from the same cloth in that mm-hmm. regards what they can do. Uh, Michael Snowden said uh, Shang Chi, Danny, uh, I'm assuming that's Iron Fist, mm-hmm. uh, Electra, Daredevil, Black Widow, Colleen Wing, yeah, Bullseye are all above him, uh, but I think he'd get a few hits in. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, like he's been like has been said, he'll take two punches to land one. I'd say he takes out Punisher hand to hand. He's probably about that level, just above. Yeah, I'd agree with a lot of that. The Colleen Wing, you know, she's an elite martial artist, as is Danny. That's um, true. Bullseye is an interesting one. I I think that's more. I don't know how hand to hand he is, but if he's throwing stuff, then he's mm. you know he's the he's the best out there. But I don't know how good his hand to hand combat is. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I don't know as well. He hasn't. You're right. I mean, I can't. Because uh, I, yeah, I like to consider myself a bit of a Daredevil fan, but I, I can't recall him being like, having fighting prowess like Daredevil mm. or, or, or Elektra. Um, interesting. I, I was thinking about Bullseye, but he kind of he's he was also in the um, in the Benson run as well uh, with mm-hmm. Mark Texera. So we did get a bit of an outcome there. Um, but I mean, rightly so. Hand to hand, hand to hand. I'd say probably maybe Moon Knight could probably take yeah. him. Um, you're right about, yeah, Colleen Wing, I'd agree that as well. Uh, Misty Knight, what do you reckon about Misty? I mean... Yeah, um, I think they're probably... I think she has the advantage with her arm. Yeah. With her, but true. I think otherwise, she yeah, she's up there because, you know, she's trained with Danny and she's trained That's with true. Colleen and, you know, yeah. so she's probably up there. She's probably a bit more of a... Um, uh, people would underestimate her as well, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Punisher as well, uh, for sure. So, uh, Vincent Mott... Uh, he says, one of the things I like about Moon Knight is precisely that he's not among the best, which I, t- I think I agree as well, which mm-hmm. makes his fights even more intense. I prefer street-level vigilante rather than overpowered character versus overpowered character. Yeah, I mean, me too. I think that's why we yeah. both love kind of Mooney. Um, yep, agreed. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jordan Hegarty, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess Galactus could beat him. Yeah, yeah you're probably ex- right. Yep. Excellent. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, John. Jordan's one of the Petrinis. <laughs> Love um, it. For sure. Uh, you, but you never know. I mean, Squirrel Girl beat Galactus, so who's to say Moon Knight? Can't? And Moon Knight loves going against the heavyweights. You know, he goes up against Kang. He goes up yep. against Count Nefaria. So bring on Galactus, I say. <laughs> um, uh, Dwayne Fletcher, I always believe that Moon Knight and Cap spared each other, maybe during their military days. Uh, seems Cap always respected Moon Knight, and I figure that um, would be the reason they got along, because Cap should not like, because uh, Cap typically shouldn't like Moon Knight for his brutal combat style. Uh, yeah, Dwayne, uh, look, I-, I agree as well. I think there might be, there was a bit of an um, interaction between them in the Houston run uh, where Cap yeah. comes and sees Moon Knight. The Civil th- War, yeah. The Civil War. There is yes. a, and he, I think he spelled it out, there, there is a respect there, but I think Cap totally shuns 
some of the <laughs> actions <Yep. laughs> uh, that Moon Knight does. So uh, he's lost a bit of respect there. But no. Uh, yeah. um, J.A. Cunningham, I think he falls in the high middle range of hand-to-hand combatants in the 616. Uh, it also depends on which Moon Knight we are discussing and which powers he may or may not have at any given time. Mm-hmm. It's easy to argue that many could take him, and to understand why it's valid to make the argument, but my man beat de- de- beat Deadpool in a sword fight. He beat yeah. Iron Fist in a fist fight. He was single-handedly a thorn in Kang's side. He also won against Count Nefaria. Until a writer sticks with him for a long time and can agree what, if any, powers he has, this is a forever question. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'd agree with that too. Yeah, yeah ab- Absolutely as well. I mean, uh, if you're alluding to that, that Iron Fist fight, uh, I kind of disregard Aja Conchu, uh, you know, with... <laughs> When it comes to hand to hand, because like he he got super amped up there for mm-hmm. for those issues, uh, it was an anomaly compared to the classic Moon Knight that we know. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, but uh, absolutely right, JA uh, Deadpool as well, he, and he he did kind of give Kang a run for his money, although you know um, it wasn't really a a full on kind of traditional fight and uh, and Katnafaria as well. So um but you know even his own rogues gallery uh, Morpheus uh, mm-hmm. massively powered you oh, know I, so my favorite of the moon knight villains too. Oh I, yeah I, yeah. I, yeah I love the stories cuz you know again yeah. the the horror side of me yeah. I, I I just want more Morpheus. I want heaps of it and you yeah. know not the Morpheus we saw in the uh the uh, more recent run. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I can't remember who the writer was, but Max Bemis, yeah, 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 not that Morpheus. I, lo- yeah. I like the traditional Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently reread uh, Fist of Conchu number three mm-hmm. with that Morpheus, and that is a cracker of a story. Yeah, my with Morpheus, and like, oh man, I think that's my favourite Morpheus story. Uh, that one is mm. quite. Um, and now we've just got a, a few here from Instagram. Um, how do you pronounce this, Matthiasen, Matthiasen yeah. Tristan? We'll go with that. I'll give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, I think uh, he can give some people a good run for their money. Would we'll be able to beat Cap in a one-on-one? Probably not. But with planning and surprise attacks, he was able to drop most of the Avengers in their one-on-one Blitzkriegs during Age of Conchie and refer to my last comments there. <laughs> uh, as far as straight humans go, I think he's up near the front. But if you add powers, either mutant or otherwise, he starts to get pushed uh, to the back, of course. Yeah, I think you know once the powers come in, like he's not going to beat Colossus. <laughs> he's not. He's not going to beat. <laughs> not going to beat Spider Man. No. Um, but full on, just ha- that's why I kind of want to constrict it to hand to hand combat. Mm-hmm. Um, the skill wise as well. Uh, yeah, I think he's up there. But uh, I think uh, as we've mentioned before, uh, there are a fair few that you know are way above him. I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mike Langs. Uh, oof, Black Widow. Yeah, I feel like he'd give her a run for her money. Cyclops, though, eh. Uh, wait, didn't Daredevil <laughs> give him a pretty sweet beating once upon a time? Um, yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah. I was, did, did he? I was trying to think about uh, that. And there's a mensch run with the Jester and Daredevil, but I just That's can't, the only one I remember because I remember yeah. it ends with them, the two of them laughing in the last panel, yeah. which is very yes. rare for both characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, so it's. If it's not that, it might be Shadowland. Um, but then you're looking Maybe. at. Maybe. You're looking at a souped up Daredevil. You know, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. And, if, um... and the less said about Shadowland, the better, I think, too. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, no, but you're right. I mean, yeah, Cyclops, yeah. Um, I reckon I reckon you could take Cyclops. Uh, so Craig.R says, yeah, I believe he could beat Cyclops uh, somewhat to uh, be able to keep up with Black Widow, but ultimately lose. And he can definitely beat, I guess that's Hawkeye. 
Yeah. Um, not Noah Hawley, not the uh, the showrunner. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, he'd probably beat, oh, he'd beat him too. He'd I'd probably say. beat him as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out he's some wicked martial artist now that would take yeah. everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, Make Mine Moon Knight, which is mm-hmm. a great username. Uh, he can definitely take out Cyclops. Cyclops ain't no slouch, but yeah, uh, MK would win. Uh, Black Widow might be a bit tougher, but he'd probably win that too. He's just tougher. That's his real power, being one tough, durable son of a gun. He's relentless. He's a maniac, a lunatic. He also has conviction in what he's doing and fighting for. And I think, yeah, we did mm. say that. We were talking about that before, that he can take a beating. He can take a butt kicking and keep on going. And, you know, it's the it's the same thing that Punisher has. It's the same thing that Cap yeah. has. You know, it's the I could do this all day sort yeah. of thing. You know, he yeah. has that as well. You know, yeah. the, the intestine, intestinal fortitude. Yeah, oh, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. He, he's a, a, a few of them, and like, and you're you're naming them there, and so there, granted, there are a few. You could also say Spider Man as well. With a, uh, I can't remember that issue, but with a whole building under him. And oh yes, up. yeah. Uh, yep. um, but you know, these we're talking about. You know, the prime heroes here, and if Moon Knight's part of that, then yeah. All to him. So, uh, yeah, so thank you so much, Loonies, for all of that feedback. Uh, it is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, let's not end it there. If there are any other characters that you can think of that might be a good... I mean, as Andrew mentioned, Night Thrasher is a great one. I think that's a good idea. Um, yeah, Misty Knight, a bit offhand there. Uh, like Mockingbird, I'm thinking, even as well. Mm-hmm. She's got truncheons. Uh, yeah. Let, let us know what you think. Uh, but it's definitely worth... I don't know, just a bit of fun, just to see where Mooney lies uh, compared to everyone else. Uh, now, Andrew, before we um, before I want to get to the spectacles, uh, I wanted to just jump into the nightline. So we actually got a couple of just bits of feedback from past episodes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, if we can read these out, that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so do, do you want to take the first one? Yep, this is the on episode 224, Frenchie's yes. Flight. Uh, great focus on our beloved Jean-Paul Duchamp, uh, such a quintessential character to the Moon Knight Ensemble, and so tragic that such a trusty and steadfast comrade is rewarded only to suffer so much, simply by being that close to the blast radius of Mark's cursed path. Uh, do you think in the Disney Plus series they will use the moniker of Frenchie or not? I'm thinking they'll lose the nickname and he'll just go by, go with Jean-Paul or Dush, just Duchamp. Yeah, thank you. So that's from CMK7. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. That's from Chris. Thank you so much, Chris, from YouTube. Uh, yeah, and Andrew, just to let you know, so uh, last episode we we did uh, just a, a bit of a, a spotlight on Frenchie, mm-hmm. uh, in particular the Houston run and the and the Benson run, where he he comes out and and basically mm-hmm. I reckon like that's a really a really cool arc for Frenchie because they really got into it. Um, they got into uh, his partnership with with Rob. Um, mm. and they got through, uh, he actually kind of, he parallel, his journey paralleled that of Mark, uh, in the bottom. Basically, they, they ended up, there's a really dark page, uh, which I totally forgot about where Frenchie contemplates suicide, mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff. He, his boyfriend gets beaten up, uh, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, really interesting, uh, stuff to, uh, you know, we we're talking about Frenchie before, and this is one of the reasons I'd love to see Frenchie on the TV show. Yeah. Uh, he's got so much to give there. But no, thank you, uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, as for, I don't know, what do you think, the moniker? Do you reckon they'll use Frenchie, or do you reckon they'll go? Um, I think it depends. Like uh, I, I don't. I honestly think that there's really no no Moon Knight without Frenchie. He's yep. he's the uh, the uh, butler to that other character we mentioned before. I think <laughs> it's the he keeps him in line, keeps him sa- you know as sane as possible, but also you know is there as backup 
and you see it in that in that Houston and uh, run there where, um, or is it is it that run when um, one of the the woman who runs the diner, one of her kids takes over and he uses the machine guns from the yeah the copter yep. and shoots a bunch of people and moonlights like what the hell are you doing Frenchie yeah. would never do this he's yes. he's here for backup but not that kind of backup and yeah so it's I think. Mark doesn't realize how much he needs Frenchie. Like even in that Houston run, he says to him, "I need you." And Frenchie's like, "Nah, I'm sorry, yeah. we've we've done enough. You've treated people like, you know, yeah. not not very well, and we need to, uh, you know, we need to part ways." But I think Mark realizes that he needs Frenchie more than anybody else in his life. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> such a complex character, Frenchie, and and on top of that, his relationship with Mark because. There is this, uh, we, we discussed it in the last episode, there is this, uh, like, almost like a brotherly love between the mm-hmm. two. It's, it's kind of like brothers in arms. You know, yeah. they, they've, they've been mercs, they've, they've gone through some crap, you know, and, and so yeah. they probably give each other's life. But at the same time, Frenchie knows how destructive Mark is, um, how he's ruined like Frenchie's life, um, mm-hmm. how he kind of ruins Marlene's, and how he wanted to protect his partner Rob from, from Mark. And uh, you kind of see Rob drawn into this world of Mark Spector, and he eventually gets kind of, you know, physically and maybe emotionally beaten as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's a great. Um, it's a great character. So, I do hope we do see him on the TV show. Uh, now, also as well. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Adam Prine. I I had a look back at our WordPress, our website. Uh, from WordPress. Adam had left a comment there. Sorry, I don't usually check those comments, but um, it did pop up an email. So this is a little while back when, uh, shortly after we interviewed Jed McKay, said, I love the interview with Jed McKay. I'm even more excited about the series now. I really like where it sounds like he's going with it. A return to vigilantism, supernatural villains, self-contained stories that lead to an overarching arching climax. I'm pumped. My LCS permanently closed due to the pandemic, but I've got the John Romita Jr. variant ordered. I hope you have uh, that and maybe potentially a couple more. Um, he was my favourite <laughs> artist as a teenager. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and this is the first time I've ever seen him draw Moon Knight. Keep up the good work. The guests you are able to swing amaze me. Uh, thank you so much, Adam. Uh, look, you know, everyone... Variants are for, not for everyone, so I didn't want to didn't mm-hmm. want to um, throw shade on you there, Adam. Um, but yeah, yeah, Andrew, I, you've picked up issue one. I, I take it as well. Uh, not yet. Not yet. I, um, no. no, just bef- uh, probably about four or so months ago. I um I actually cut all my uh, sing- uh, floppy issues that I was picking up. Um, we just sort of it was getting to a point where not so much you know Moon Knight or things like that, but other ones they were just sort of stacking up. And I wasn't reading them. And I was like, yeah. you know, I've got a Marvel Unlimited subscription. So I read most of my books through there for the Marvel yeah. ones. And then the other stuff I pick up in trade. But I am I have got one on order. Um, a friend of mine works at a shop in Melbourne. And I okay. sort of passed on to him to get to put one aside for me. So the next time I can jump in to see him. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later with us being in lockdown again. Um, yeah. I can duck in and pick it up. Because, yeah, yeah I, I am really looking forward to it. And it was sort of – I. I stopped all my books, and I think about three weeks later they announced the new Moon Knight book. Oh, no. So yeah. it's just the worst timing. <laughs> yeah. Have you been spoiled, or are you, are you still going to go into no, it? No, nothing. Awesome. Yeah, good. I haven't good, heard good, anything good. about it, which is good. So, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to really diving in without knowing much about it. 
Nice. Uh, and also, you just reminded me, uh, and I keep on forgetting to do this on the show, but I really like to promote LCSs, uh, just because they're the grassroots, um, you know, they're, they're bricks and mortars of the comic book industry. Uh, and I know we're, we're both in lockdown as well, Andrew, as well, but mm-hmm. uh, is there an LCS you'd like to give a shout out to? And, and I'll put the details in the show notes. Well, a good friend of mine, Tristan Jones, who is a comic book writer and artist in his own right, mm-hmm. um, has worked on... Uh, Ghostbusters and does a lot of work for um, – he works with the – I think it's Nika Toys who do the Alien mm. um, toys. He does a lot of the wow. box art for them. Oh, wow. And um, he just did a, uh, a short story in the back of a detective comics for DC. So very, very talented man. But he works at um, Minotaur in Melbourne. And, okay, Minotaur, um, yeah. Yeah, and so he's, they've just moved to a new location. And I think like a lot of shops, they're probably doing a little bit tougher with the, the yes. pandemic. Um but yeah, you know, like, but even like we said before, you know, like you've probably said before, is that you know, in these times too, if you can order stuff online from these shops, it really mm-hmm. does help them out. And absolutely, you know, the, the grassroots, the people, you know, boots on the ground at these shops who just need that help, you know, we 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 really need to keep them there because a lot of them won't be around after all this is said Absol- and done. Oh yeah, I've seen some posts where they're just going, there, we're shutting up shops, some yeah, some stores. Mm-hmm. So that's it's real sad. But yeah, so what I hope to do. Each episode is at least to, or at least each uh, once a week, uh, is to at least shout out a an LCS. I'll put the details in in our show notes. Uh, and if you are Australian, or you know, or if you are um, wherever these um, these recommendations come, if you're near there, uh, definitely go and definitely think about supporting your local comic book store. Uh, yeah, well, I think that about wraps it, Andrew, for this episode. Um, are you willing to to come back later in the week, perhaps, and uh, and chat about a Moon Knight comic? I'm always up for talking Moon Knight. <laughs> excellent <laughs> stuff, excellent stuff. Oh, oh, before we go, of course, um, uh, any final uh, any final like works? Oh, actually, sorry, my mind is jumping here, Andrew. Did you say you said Tristan Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Neca, so he's a writer, but he also does art, right? Yeah, yeah. He does phenomenal alien art. Yes, that's him. Yeah. Oh, he so he is the Tristan Jones. Yeah. Holy, holy hell! Well, <laughs> next time you contact him, can you please just you know say there's someone fanboying over him uh, because he's <laughs> uh, he's a fantastic artist and uh, I I came across one of his tweets and uh, it was actually to do with Greg Land and how mm-hmm. he, he ripped off yeah. some of Tristan's art. Um, but he's an amazing artist. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, he's he's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely him, brilliant artist. Yeah, give him props if you can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So any uh, anything uh, that you'd like to plug now? Uh, any upcoming projects? Anything that you'd like to recommend? Uh, even for reading. Um, well, like we were talking about cul de sac before. Um, mm-hmm. Available on Comicsology. It's yep. three ninety nine. I think on Comicsology. Cool. Comicsology. Uh, full color, hand painted art. Um, we do have the print copies. I'm on all the social medias, so if, mm-hmm. if anyone is interested, just hit me up on there and I can get a copy out to them. Um, we, have, we have been working on a, a sequel, a follow-up to it, mm-hmm. um, set in the 60s at a drive-in. Cool. Um, but with, unfortunately, with shutdown and COVID yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. and Will, Will's a teacher by trade, so okay. the, it's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit because – you know, he's dealing with so much with the students and things like that and dealing with schoolwork and things and other projects just to keep stuff afloat. So it's sort of – we have got – you know, most of it's written and he has started some art, but it's sort of – it's it'll be one of those things where it's done when it's done. And, you know, we're in no rush. You know, the world's not in a rush at the moment, so why yeah. should we be? 
Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely well said. Uh, well, there will be uh, contact details in the show notes for getting in touch with Andrew, uh, as well as uh, links to uh, to Comicsology where you can you can find Coldesac. Uh, all of that will be in the show notes for you. Well, having said that, loonies, uh, that about wraps it. But actually, hey, ho, hey, oh, hey, oh, Ray. As promised, I think I put this up. Uh, I put this up earlier this afternoon, uh, we're going to go out with this episode with the next episode of our serial adventure. Now, this is The Rise of Set. It's season two. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is the second episode. They generally come out once a month, Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's no, exactly as you say, there's no rush. So I was a bit lax here. <laughs> End of June was, uh, was the season opener. Uh, and so we've got episode two, uh, for you now. So a nice juicy one. Uh, it picks up at the Flogo water treatment plant where Peter, the leader, had recently poisoned the city's water supply and murdered one of his unsuspecting colleagues, Daryl. Uh, Detective French in- investigates the grisly findings at the reservoir and discovers it's not all that it seems. Meanwhile, back up in the skies, High Priest Akonshu, Rebecca, and Dr. Hex prepare to ex- escape the swarm of demons. But is Dr. Hex harboring a secret? A secret that may well put all our heroes at jeopardy at the safe house. So we're going to throw to that now. Um, Andrew, a huge thank you once again. We'll catch you a bit later on in the week. Sounds good to me. Excellent. All right, loonies, here it is, The Rise of Set, Episode 2. Catch you a bit later in the week. Detective Chief Inspector, thanks for coming down. Sergeant Werribee, so what have we got? One victim, male, mid-thirties, found at the base of the dam. Who discovered him? One of the workers at the plant. Saw him caught up against one of the grates. I'm assuming then he wasn't touched by any of the workers? That's right. They called us straight away. Our local crew took all the necessary precautions to make sure nothing was disturbed on the body. Has a forensic investigator been? French. Oh, God. What is she doing here? Delaney is your chief forensics officer on this one, ma'am. She's been here all morning. Detective French. Interesting to see you on the case. Here to bungle another one? Save it, Delaney. You and I know that the rise in crime lately has stretched our resources. Well, apparently so. Male victim, mid-thirties, dead in dam. <sighs> what have you got? It's not good. Mr. Daryl Munt, employee of the Flogo Water Company who also owns this treatment plant. Time of expiration a little over 16 hours, it looks like. Any immediately apparent markings? Nothing that leaps out. Lungs full of water, most likely post-mortem. 
and cause of death resulting from a broken neck, which I imagine came from the impact of falling from up there. Death was instantaneous. You see this, Delaney? Look at his clothes. Necktie, expensive shoes. I take it walking up there in the gangway was not part of his job description. Also... Suicide, then? It looks as though it may be more of a push than a jump. That's human skin under the fingernails there. I've only just managed my initial assessment of- Bag it, Sergeant! Right away, Detective. Delaney, I'd like to take a look up on that bridge. If Mr. Munt was pushed, I'm certain that bridge can tell us a story. Eyewitnesses say he was alone when he jumped. We even have a statement already from- Sergeant, I'm going to need a copy of any CCTV footage in the 50 meter radius of the crime scene. I'll need to take a look at Mr. Munt's belongings and his workspace. Also, if you can ask around if Mr. Munt had any grievances with any of the other workers at Flogo, we may then start to understand why anyone would want to harm or kill Mr. Munt. Detective, my boys at forensics are up on the bridge now. And they probably carried out everything you've asked of them. But here's the difference, Delaney. They are doing a thorough search as briefed by you. And from my experience, that is both inadequate and foolhardy. Mm, You... The only way in which to get to the bottom of this is to cover more than what the textbooks tell you to do. The sooner you can show me where on the bridge you think Mr. Munt was pushed, the quicker we can conclude this ridiculous charade where we act as if we can work with each other. Right, that's it. You're on your own. I'm done. Delaney... Let her go, Sergeant. She's too caught up in her own ego to be of any help to anyone. But, Detective, if you lose Delaney, and us being short-staffed as it is... I know, I know. I may need to call in some favors. There's also just one other thing. Oh? I, um... I don't know why Delaney didn't mention this to you. But the eyewitness account... The witness did not say Daryl was alone. Why would Delaney blatantly lie? Well, it's because of what the witness said. And and what was that? That Mr. Munt was up there on the gangway. That he wasn't alone. That he was talking to, um... What did he call it? He was talking to a servant, ma'am. Sergeant, I need to see that eyewitness. There's enough shit happening around the city. I just don't know what this all means. Mark's not going to be pleased about this. Tell him he can bill me for this one. We'll be alright. We've made it. We may have lost the moon jet, but once we strap ourselves in and punch in the coordinates, the escape pod will take us to the others. Rebecca, thank you for back there. I've, I've not been feeling myself. Your arm, it's... it's blackened. I, I need you to do something for me. John? 
I need you to get my body to the safe house and lock it up. As, as secure as you can. Can you do that? Of course, but why? I, I fear my adventure has only, only just, just begun. Doctor! John! Right. Engage coordinates from the last three safe destinations. Full thrusters are back. Entry stabilizers to seven clicks. Disengage mother vessel at three, two, one, mark. Let's just hope we haven't already lost a teammate. Affiliated characters, stories, and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.